Hello, I'm Dr. Stephanie Phillips, joined by Dr. Michelle Seawright, and we are Georgia Medicine Women. We're direct primary care doctors, and we welcome you to our podcast, where we share stories that will inspire and motivate you in your journey towards health and wellness. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode three. Um, of our Georgia Medicine Women podcast. Thank you for listening up to this point. Uh, excited to be here with Stephanie to uh, you know uh, start this this episode. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're going to talk about kind of a different little uh, tidbit today. We're going to tell a story about um, a very historical pediatrician in the state of Georgia. But first, we're going to get into our medical mountain talk for episode three. Um, I think you're going to know that, Dr. Seawright, I think you're able to get it. But today's medical mountain talk word is sugar. Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> what is does that sugar mean? Are you talking about that's like a nickname somebody calls somebody? Or are you talking about that's a medical, a medical thing? A medical, it's a medical mountain talk. So it's you not. Got, got, the, got the sugars? Got so the sugars? I got the sugar. What's the sugar? What diabetes. Oh yeah, diabetes. I knew you knew that one. Come on. Sugar, sugar in the blood. Yeah, my sugar's acting up, or I've got sugar, or like sometimes I'll have a patient come in and they'll be like, um, "My legs hurting a lot," and they have diabetes, and and they'll say, "I think it's my sugar." Yep, it's neuropathy. You know, you have mm-hmm. So sugar, uh, my sugar's acting up. That's diabetes. So good job. You got it. <laughs> I think I know a lot of these. That, like, like you, um, I did a little bit of time up in uh, West West Virginia um, mm-hmm. when I some of my rotations with LMUDCOM. Oh, yeah. I still hear these in Georgia, too. So they're all over. Yep. Um, so... Uh, Dr. Seawright has not heard this story or who this person is. <laughs> I did some research um, for this podcast episode. Some of my sources are a Wikipedia article and an Atlanta Journal-Constitution article, still paging Dr. Denmark. I got a lot of information for this from that. Um, and also just um, a, a couple of online articles um, that I'll reference in the um, show notes. But I'm going to talk today about Dr. Layla Denmark. And I actually did a search on this, uh, Michelle, and no one has ever really even talked about her on a podcast before that I could find. Um, but well, let's she, talk about her. Yeah, I know, right? She was pretty amazing. And she was the original, um, the original DPC doctor in my mind, like she did it right. She was the oldest practicing pediatrician in the entire world. So when she retired, she was 103 years old when she retired, number one. So that's crazy in and of itself. And she practiced 73 years, Wow, (laughs) 73 years. And the only reason she retired is because her eyesight was failing and she wasn't able to see kids throats. She was a pediatrician. So she couldn't look in and see the throat. So she's like, well, can't work anymore. You know, I can't, I, I gotta, gotta quit. Oh no, I'm 103. You know, isn't that incredible? Like, oh. mm-hmm. um, she died at age 114 in 2012. So she was actually most famous for um, helping develop the whooping cough vaccine um, that happened back in the, um, in the forties, but she started practicing in 1928 and she, practice so long, she actually treated her patients' great grandkids. 
So that's crazy to me. Like, (laughs) um, but as far as as some background on her, she was born um, in Portal, Georgia, which is in South Georgia. Her, her dad was a farmer. Um, She said that she told a story about um, how her cow, one of the cows on the farm injured its tail and she made a salve to help the cow and she loved watching it heal. And that always made her want to kind of be a doctor, but she did undergrad at Tift and was originally going to be a teacher, but she teach, she taught science for a few years and then decided to go to med school because her husband got deployed overseas to an area where wives weren't really allowed to go. So she didn't really, I mean, she's teaching, but she said, well, here I am. I don't have, you know, kind of the traditional wife duties, you know, um, can't get pregnant because my husband's gone. So Mm -hmm. boom, go to med school. I love it. So (laughs) she was the only woman in 1928 graduating class from the MCG medical college of Georgia in Augusta. And she was um, the third woman ever to graduate from med school in the United States. So uh, really cool thing there. Can you imagine being like the only woman in a med school class? Now it's like half women. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine. It must have been it must have been intimidating, um, scary, but I mean, she was a boss. It sounds oh, yeah. like <laughs> talk about like boys club. She just yep. let it. Uh, I mean, it's great. She did residency at Grady in pediatrics, and she actually opened her private practice in her house, which is all about DPC practicing <laughs> crazy places. But she also worked on staff at the hospital um, that the first Peds hospital opened on Emory's camp campus that hospital is now children's health care of atlanta so the original children's health care she was the very first pediatrician to work on the floor there and she wrote a book in the 1970s called every child should have a chance and she really was one of the first advocates for keeping kids away from tobacco smoke and she recommended against fruit juice so i know i still do that that fruit juice thing is a huge thing with um, young kids, you know, they don't need juice, right? Right, right. First people to kind of come up with that, like, why are we giving kids juice? They don't need it. They can drink water. Wow, and that was in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, in the 70s. Um, One of her patients also co-wrote a book with her in 2002 called Dr. Denmark Said It. Um, So that was a pretty popular book. She lived alone for most of her life in a simple home in Cumming, Georgia, but she moved, she actually died in Athens. She moved in with her sister. Um, But it's really incredible. I was got, I got to thinking about like, she lived through, antibiotics weren't even available until 1945. (laughs) 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 Like I'm thinking what we do as doctors every day, right? We prescribe medicine. Mm-hmm. And just think about the tools she had. Like she did not have close to any of the amount of tools we have as doctors mm-hmm. today. I mean, she did med school in the roaring 20s. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 100% sure she missed some parties because I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did med school from 2006 to 2010 and all I missed were some episodes of American Idol. Like she <laughs> was in the roaring 20s. <laughs> like that was yeah, I was just thinking about that when you said that um she and she also helped develop vaccine in the 19 in 1928 uh, and I was yeah. like wow um uh that was like in the in the roaring 20s and right know, before the right? depression so obviously she practiced during the depression as well oh yeah just imagine like what she like what she saw with the prosperity and then the depression and all the poverty there mm-hmm if I could go back in time to any time, I would love to go back to that time, like the Roaring Twenties time. I think that's my favorite time. 
because I just am so I'm just um, fascinated by that period of time. But some one kicker though is some of her recommendations that she made even up until her death and um, or until she retired. Some of them are not recommended by pediatricians today at all. Like one thing I found that I would never recommend to any patient is that she recommended. So disclaimer, I'm a doctor. Do n- never do this with your child. Um, she recommended a home enema for babies that are dehydrated. So she actually had instructions about how to do the enema and how to make mix up the solution. And so you know, I was like, whoa, we are never doing that ever. Because I mean, that could drop the baby sodium, they could have a seizure, it could be bad, yeah. right? So you never want to do that to your kid at home. But she actually had instructions on how to do it. And it's really interesting, because I mean, you think about it, too, that a lot of the people that she treated probably didn't have access to hospitals, they may not mm-hmm. have had access to IV fluids. So she did what she needed to do to help kids survive. I mean, that would be a great thing to teach moms how to do like in Africa right now. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So that was really interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of the AAP or AAFP, um, sorry, not AAP, FP. What am I thinking? The Pediatric Association? I'm not a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. What is their thing called? AAFP? It is the AAP for pedi- pediatrics and ours is the AAFP for family. Right. AAP is pediatrics. Yeah. Uh-huh. American Association of Pediatrics, American Association of Family Practice. But anyway, they have come out with stuff that says, you know, we don't advocate everything she recommended, but we definitely look up to her. Um, and another thing that I love about her is she did not care. Like she was the kind of pediatrician that like, just told you like it was because reading a lot of her quotes, it was almost like she was really like in your face, (laughs) like do it this way, because I said, which I love. Um, so one quote is, let me read you this because this cracked me up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay, here it goes. Children who eat between meals get pot-bellied, anemic, and sorry. Their stomach—I <laughs> love this. Their stomachs never have a chance to empty, so they're always hungry, but never hungry enough to eat a decent meal. A hog will eat a lot and stretch out to rest until it digests its food. Then it will eat some more. Even a hog's got enough sense to eat right. A cow, of course, has four stomachs, so it can eat all day. If children. <laughs> come to my clinic with pot bellies and dry thin hair. I always ask their mother if she feeds them between meals. If the mother says no, I check the soles of their shoes for crumbs. <laughs> okay. crumbs means there's probably snack food strewn all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ends it with this. Eating between meals is so chaotic. You see big pot bellies on old people with the same eating patterns. They could be nice, neat people if they just ate three simple meals a day and stayed out of the doctor's office. (laughs) (laughs) So she didn't care. I mean, she didn't care who she offended. She was just like, you know, I'm going to tell you like this is and da, 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 da. So I love that about her. Um, I feel like I would have loved meeting her. Um, And she actually, uh, I have a patient that, um, actually was one of her patients and she, she's the one that told me about her and they actually went and visited her house and coming and, um, it's sold to somebody else now. And they were talking about maybe having a museum in her honor or something like that. But I think all of her tools got sent somewhere or sold. So I was sad. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, kind of a cool thing to have, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just really, really cool. I will finish with this. Okay. Here's another quote. 
Okay. And this is great for moms because I, I like love this one because it was like, you know what? I think we need to let every mom have this in their wheelhouse because I think, um, especially when you go to a pediatrician's office or family doctor's office, a lot of doctors will just tell you what to do and, you know, expect you to do exactly what we say and all that stuff. But I love that she said that she said, you will have everybody on earth telling you how to rear your child. I'm telling you, your mothers-in-laws will tell you, all your neighbors are going to tell you how to do it and how to raise your kid. Listen carefully to what everybody says and respectfully say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, and then go home and do what you think is best for your kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th I thought that was cool. I've seen a lot of those, you know, as I was pregnant and uh, starting out with my little one, I've seen uh, versions of, of that quote um, on, you know, Facebook and, and, um, and everything. So yeah, do what you think is best within reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. It's good stuff. So yeah. she, she is a one that we need to talk about, right? One, um, she was a pioneer of our profession. How have I not even known about her? I know, right? She's like, <laughs> the, she's the original Georgia medicine woman. Yep. <laughs> so like, For we sure. her, yeah, we gotta do a podcast about her. So We'll try to find some more um, historical doctors to talk about, but I love that story about her and um, just thought she was a very interesting character. Um, but don't give your kids enemas. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, we are so glad to have you on our podcast. Please tune in and um, um, join us. We are going to have a... Um, um, launch party for our podcast. We decided to have this launch party. We are um, probably going to have it next Wednesday. Check out our Facebook page and our Instagram, Georgia Medicine Women. We also have an email. If you have any Medical Mountain Talk translations you want help with, you can email us at georgiamedicinewomen at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great week. See ya. See ya.